here, but I'm going to talk to everyone over here. So, just let you know. Now, it's uh, great to be here. Um, really thankful that uh, I get to, to talk to you all just for a little bit tonight. Um, let's see, does that... Do they, uh, they did not turn this on. Yes, you did. Now I look like a ninny mug in this one. There it is. All right. Okay, so <clears throat> our lesson tonight, and just to get you prepped for what you're going to go through uh, in this weekend, which is a really great weekend, um, it, uh, I hear lots of good things about it. And, and you know you've heard a lot of good things about it. That's why you're here. Uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight, just for a little bit, is our wonderful creator, our, our God of wonder. Uh, I think I got the title a little bit different, but that's okay. You don't need to know about that. It'll just be our little secret. We don't have to tell Cliff. Um, one of the things that we, um, I want to talk to you about is this idea about our God. And the first thing I want to do is ask you to use your imagination. Because when we talk about God, it's really hard to talk about God when God is not someone we could just go visit and sit down with. Right? We have to use our imagination because we're dealing with invisible, eternal, non-corporeal mind. Whoa. Okay, invisible, can't see it. Non-corporeal, non-material, non-physical, no body, bodiless. Okay? And then eternal, forever and ever, no end, no beginning. Mind, intelligence, power, etc. So, we have to try to use our imagination then to think about God. And that's what I'm going to ask of you to help me with, because we can't, again, use our five senses. We can't use, if you, you know, in your science class, use the scientific method talking about God. So I need you to go, be willing to go on a trip with me uh, and think about this. You see, we could imagine going out into outer space and think about trying to go see God and thinking about how he is beyond everything that we understand. He is. He's completely beyond everything that we understand. Right? And if you think that you're still learning about things, guess what? You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to think about and understand God. Because he's so deep and so wonderful. He's also so powerful. He's also so amazing. And because he's so powerful, because he's so beyond everything that we know on, on our little planet, we see in the Bible concepts called sovereignty, his, his eternal power, his, his, his ability to reign and command and expect us to listen to him. Also, this really fancy word, eminence, which means that he, his presence is so powerful that it, when we see him, we see the Bible over and over and over, if we see God, we would die, right? Like when the Israelites are going to the mountain uh, after getting out of Egyptian bondage, they tell Moses, and I think it's, it's pretty smart of them to say, you know, Moses, all this lightning and thundering and the storms, we really think that you need to have a heart-to-heart -heart with God. You go up the mountain, we'll be back here, we got your back, but way back. Why? Because if you see God, it could shock you to death, maybe. So this idea that God, if we were to imagine, trying to imagine God in the distant space, and sometimes we do think of God. I remember being younger, and, and I do remember being younger. I remember being younger and thinking about the idea that God is out there somewhere, and somehow he knows what's going on down here. Now, I don't really agree with that. I think God is everywhere, 
He, is, he has knowledge of everything. And there'll be moments where he does touch down on earth in very specific ways, but he is everywhere. But God, again, just trying to wrap our heads around how wonderful and powerful our God is, he's beyond all of our experiences combined. So we use a nice, another big word, transcendent. He's, he, he, he is, there's nothing just quite like God here on earth. Nothing. No relationship that you will ever have is going to be able to compare. And if you can compare, then your relationship with God was never as strong as you thought it was. You need to keep working on it. Because no human relationship on earth should ever be able to compete with the kind of relationship that you can have with God. And no relationship can, can change the way you feel about your life and, ch- and change the way you feel about what's happening in those moments, those unique moments that really kind of change your life. Like if you won that championship, or if you were a, a chess champion, or if you were a, this you know, amazing artist and you did some great feat, you accomplished something so amazing, and that feeling you get that this moment really changes your life, guess what? The moments with God actually are greater and more powerful than that. That's why we use the word transcend, because it just goes beyond what we understand and experience. God is that. So if you don't have anything like close to that in your life, it's because you need to be working on your relationship with God, maybe. But number two, because things on this earth sometimes remind us how bad things feel, right? I mean, sometimes we go, and I don't know if you're thinking this yet, but you might at some point go, man, if God is in control and he's so amazing, why does so many bad things happen? Well, my lesson isn't really to deal with that, but it is to remind you that the answer is bigger than just he doesn't care. He knows what's going on. He sees what's going on. He changes what we go through when he brings it, when we come in contact with Jesus and we learn about Jesus and we follow him. But more on that some, a little bit later. See, I want to talk to you really about how God is not really far from either one of us. God is not off in the distance somewhere. He's not on the backside of the dark side of the moon playing golf. He's not doing anything like that. Paul was talking to some people in the city of Athens, and when he talks to them, he, he uses their own words to help them understand that God is actually not each one of us. I mean, we might feel like he's really far away, but he's really not, because in him we live and move and have a very being. God is the reason why you move. God is the reason why you breathe. God is the reason why you do the things you're able to do. So if you want to know about God, you don't have to To leave the planet, you don't have to go very far. You can just look at yourself in the mirror and think about the abilities you have, the things you have, and the blessings that come from knowing God through Scripture. You see, back in the in the the first book, in the first chapter, in the first few words of Scripture, Genesis chapter one, we read a story, and and I believe it is a a true story. It's the it, it may be written in a very literary way, but it's a story that tells us how God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. 
And he, he filled, he creates the form of the universe, light and, and, and stars and waters and, and land and all these other things. And then he fills it with planets and, and then the stars and, and then the fish and then the animals and us on day six. And what's amazing about that, he fills this universe and this planet with things that he has made. So we get to see some of the powerful and wonder of God in the things that are made. But we also get to know something about us. We were made in his image, and that's coming up in just a second. We can also look at ourselves and, and look and go, wow. God created everything. There's so many things for us to see here. It's really not necessary for us to go out into outer space, although outer space has tons of things for us to learn, Planet, uh, planets and moons and stars and, and galaxies and all the things that we're, we're getting in from Hubble Telescope and, and all these other opportunities and ways to, to look into space. They tell us a lot, and we're still learning a lot, but the most important thing that you don't have to wait for the research out there to give you answers about God and how amazing he is, you can stay right here in your own backyard and even in your own mirror. Because God created the world with, with the ability for us to see his copyrights. You know, you ever, you ever, you ever uh, have time to look at your drinks, you know, your soda or your meals and, or something you buy and you kind of go, or a book or something you read, copyright or, or trademark or, or something like that. You can go, oh, that's owned by Nike, that's owned by Pepsi, that's owned by whatever, right? They made this, they, you know, designed in California, made in some other country. <clears throat> well, God does that with creation. And Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 tells us that we get to learn Things about God. How amazing the supernatural being is and his power. Through what? The things. The ones that are made. People. Trees. The rocks. Everything. That means we need to learn to take time to go do what the old proverb is. You know, you know take time to smell the roses. Any of you ever heard that? None? A few of you. Like three or four of you. If you haven't ever heard of that, it means slow down. Just slow down. Take the time to enjoy the, your surroundings. Take time to smell the roses. Take time to look at the world around you and yourself and say, wow, God is, God is here, God is now. When I first became a Christian, and, I, and after leaving gangs and, and, and the streets, and, and I began to like focus on other things be, besides the drama of the streets and the guns and the shootings and running from the police and, and all that stuff, and I could take time, one of the most beautiful things I ever saw was a tree, believe it or not. Just kind of looking at it going, wow, that, that, that's a living piece of wood right there. Oh, it gets deeper. That's a living piece of wood. And it makes other little pieces of wood. And then I get to eat some of them. They're called nuts. I'm like, wow. Who would have thought? You just take time. That's not a deep theological thing. You're not ever going to read that in a book or anything. But just step in time to step back and go, that was made for me. That was made for us to enjoy. Our God is an artist. Our God is a designer. And we see it all around us. 
And it points back to who he is. He doesn't have to come out of the sky with big, gigantic glasses and, and go, I'm here, guys. Don't, don't worry. I'm right here. There's every, all the things around us show us he's there. And it should bring us some wonder. And the biggest one on day six was he made us in his image. There's four things I want to quickly say about that. We can say a lot of things about being made in the image of God, but there are just four quick things. Being made in the image of God means that we, human beings, have the capacity and ability to look at our choices and say, I want to make different choices from now on. I want to make real, better choices. And we can, we can think about, man, that was a really bad choice. We can evaluate. We can think about we can say, wow, mom was right, dad was right, uncle was right, you know, whoever takes care of you was right, trying to help you. You can own your choices and think about them. I also believe that when God made us in his image, he's also, we see it in the text, gave us charge. He gave us dominion and the ability to rule over this world and subdue it. And that means we have the ability to take care of it, but also to damage it or to ruin it. We could really blow it up to smithereens. But that's because God has given us authority and power to do so. Now, this is going somewhere here. He also created us to have real connections, real relationships. Not fake ones, real ones. You enter into relationships all the time. Sometimes they're friendships. Sometimes you were born in relationships with your parents. Sometimes you make new relationships like grandparents or whatever it might be. But you have real ones. They're not fake. Now, you might have a relationship with someone who's not real, who's not loyal, but they're not fake relationships. And you can enter into them with love and loyalty. You could choose to keep those friends. You can choose to have a fellowship and, and love each other and care for each other and do these things. Now, why am I getting into all that? Because it tells us something about our God. We were made in His image. It is not about the flesh and blood because God is not flesh and blood. God is not bone and marrow and nerves and tissue. He's not anything about that. But something about who we are as human beings points back to God. God loves relationships. God loves loyalty. God loves real choices, free choices. And God gave us the ability to cause change in this world for good or bad. We have to take care of this world. We have to use this world properly, faithfully. But we also need to be with each other faithfully and lovingly. That tells you then, that our God is so wonderful, not just because He's so great and so amazing, but because even down to our emotional needs and even down to what you need every day, He is there. He's created everything you need. Now, the flip side of that is we often mess up. Um, we often mess up. And that's why I love that we don't have to go into outer space to look for God. He's right here. He's given us something extremely important. He's given us His Word. Now, we don't have the whole, a lot of time. We have no time at all, actually. But Psalm 19, 
If you look through that, one, that psalm, there are three main sections of that psalm. And in the first part of the psalm is the, probably the most famous part. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament his handiwork. In other words, you can look up at the sky and look at the stars and say, wow, God's so amazing. If you've ever gone out camping and you're away from all the city lights, you can see in the sky. I remember the first time I left San Francisco and I saw the, that there were actual stars in the sky and they were not airplanes. I said, whoa, those, those lights don't move. They're so amazing, so beautiful. It was like a drawing. And that first part of that psalm tells us that this God, the creation itself, is like preaching a sermon that we need to listen to about even the things we don't see. And then the second part of that is the law of the Lord, the same God who created the heavens and the earth that, that do all these amazing, amazing things that we will never, ever, ever see is the same God that is revealed to you in His Word. You don't need to go out to outer space. You don't need to go search for all these tall, great wonders and things. God is available to you right here and now. And finally, He's the one that searches the secret places in your heart. That's our God. And that's why He's so wonderful. Our God knows that we often look for Him. And this is the part that you're going to spend the rest of your life on. These next four things, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to understand and appreciate. And we'll end with these quick four points. Number one, <clears throat> knowing God. You will spend the rest of your life trying to know God, but you will never truly, completely understand Him. You will never be able to, with your mind, be able to say, I know everything there is to ever know about God. You will never not know everything that, about God. You won't. We see in Scriptures like Job, can you truly find out everything there is about God? No. That's one of Job's problems. We don't know everything about God. But we're also made in His image, right? We already looked at that. And the thing about that is, while God has made us to be like Him, we will never be God. And that's really important. Because we have to learn that we have limits. God doesn't have limits, but we have limits. We may be pretty powerful and pretty influential, but we need to learn to use our power and our influence the way God wants us to. Godliness. Godlikeness. Number three, we're going to wrestle the rest of our life with the wonder of God and how He's in our life, but also knowing His power. God is able to do everything that is subject to being done. We know, like, in, in, like again in Job, God can do all things. Sure. But it, He won't lie because it's against His character. He won't be deceitful, because that's against His character. He won't be unholy. So there's things about God that will never change, but we know that God can do all things. The fourth point here, kind of a, plays off it a little bit, is that God wants to be connected to us, and He is. That's why we pray to Him. Right? God has a will, and His will will not be broken. But the amazing thing about this God who, who creates the last star in space that we will never ever see and never ever journey to, I highly doubt we will ever will, but He also was the one who hears us. And He hears all of us. And He doesn't have problems downloading all the prayer requests. The there is no bandwidth with God. Nothing to stop listening to us.
And that's how we know something even more beautiful and wonderful. He sent His Son, Jesus. See, of all the wonder that we can even think about God, how He made us, how He created us, how He loves us, how He wants to have a relationship with us, how He's made things all around us to show like breadcrumbs that He's here, that He's listening, that He wants to have a relationship with you, that He wants you to have the best possible world, that He wants you to have all these other blessings, and He wants you to have a relationship with Him. He then funnels all of that into Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ through whom we see God's love, God's grace, God's compassion, God's truth. He tells people, go and sin no more. He's compassionate and loving, but He doesn't leave them to just do whatever they want. But He embraces them. He hugs us. He loves us. He brings us in in a way that no one else can. No one else will. I want you to be thinking about God and thinking about how wonderful he is. You're going to hear a lot of other lessons this weekend. But at least I hope I got your mind thinking about how great and wonderful our God is. The creator who loves us. He's not far away. He is touched by our needs and desires. He's demonstrated that he, he will, through Jesus Christ, provide for us all the things that we need that pertain to life and the godliness. And so, as we close, we'll close with a word of prayer. And my prayer is definitely that you get the best and most out of this weekend. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we humbly bow before you. We thank you, Father, so much for everyone that's here and all those that will be here and enjoy this weekend. May this weekend always instill in all these young people in the church here that, that, you, that they, they are loved by you, that they have a place in your kingdom, that they have a place in your church, and that your word is going to guide them through all their difficulties and give them the things they need to know you and our Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.